I'm Reverend Harry Bridge. And I'm Dr. Scott Mitchell, and this is the Dharma Realm Podcast. And we're coming to you from the Kodo of the Jodo Shinshu Center in Berkeley, California. This is the Dharma Realm Podcast for May 1st, 2009, and we address a listener question and look at the idea of practice uh, within the Jodo Shinshu tradition. So uh, we received a question on our podcast website uh, from a man named Jeff Wilson, who writes, uh, what specific recommendations can you make for Buddhists who live far away from any temples, especially Shin Buddhists? Um, This question of practice and Shin practice, uh, particularly for solitary Buddhists or solo Buddhists, if you want to call it that, uh, is an issue I think we tried to address quite a while ago. Um, But it probably deserves much more consideration. So we're going to tackle the issue again today. Um, but I think we also wanted to talk about some of the larger issues that might be called doctrinal issues in Shin Buddhism uh, regarding practice. Um, I think it's sort of a given in Buddhism more generally that there is a a practice, right? There's you, you practice Buddhism. What is your practice? Right, right. Um, we get that question a lot. So I think it sort of bears discussion. What is practice in a Shin context? So that's where we're going to uh, begin today. Yeah. Good luck. Thanks. <laughs> we're going to need it. It is um, practice in Shin is like a huge issue. Uh, and uh, I think sometimes we kind of beat around the bush, and that's maybe what we did last time. Right, right. Uh, but, but it is directly addressed within the tr- tradition. So today we want to look at that a little bit. Um, one of the interesting things, Shan Dao, who's one of the seven masters that Shinran looks up to, uh, has this, an idea of the five right practices. So already within the tradition, there's an explicit discourse on practice. And here he's using the um, character Gyo, uh, which in modern Japanese is for iku, to, to go. Hmm. Uh, but it can also be okonao, it can be something, um, uh, something that you do, an action. So here it's, it's in that context of, of action or practice. And so uh, these five single practices, the five right practices, are, uh, I'm looking here in the collected works of Shinran, number one, although quoting Shandao, solely worshipping Amida, and we'll get back to that term later, two, solely uh, reciting the Pure Land Sutras, three, solely contemplating Amida and the Pure Land, four, solely saying the name, and five, solely praising Amida. Wow, this is going to be a good episode. Yeah, there's a lot in here, huh? There is a lot in there, and there's lots of issues with translation. Yes, and we're going to have more issues, translation issues later. That worshiping is the first yeah, one that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Rai Hai, uh, mm-hmm. which actually, I think you could translate more literally as bowing. Oh, really? Yeah. The actual action of bowing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we, call, we say Rai Hai for what we do when we bow, entering the Hondo or, or going up to Oshoko or uh, it's kind of a common term in, in um, modern Shinshu. Uh, in other kinds of Buddhism, bowing can be really important. Right. Right, like uh, Korean, the Kwanum school of Zen, uh, I remember experiencing bowing as a practice, like maybe someone was assigned that practice, or um, when I went to visit a center a long, long time ago in, in Cambridge, uh, we did like a hundred prostrations. Prostration would be another one, right? The full five-point prostration did a hundred times. It was hard. I was sweating. (laughs) I think by like 10 or 15, I was sweating. It was like, oh my gosh. 
Um, yeah, yeah, and there, I think there's also that's a, there's a good story of uh, the Berkeley Buddhist uh, monastery. The um, abbot there, his name is uh, Hung Shur, who did a, a pilgrimage from Los Angeles to uh, I think all the way to the city of Ten Thousand Buddhas in Ukiah, where he would take three steps and then take a bow and then three steps and take a bow, mm-hmm. you know. And and for those of you not from California, the distance from Los Angeles to Ukiah is very very far. I think it would take seven hours to drive it. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so you know, bowing is a serious practice. Yeah. But done separately as a practice sometimes. Mm, right. Uh, but in uh, in Sean Dow's, he's he's um well he's contrasting that with bowing to other Buddhas or Bodhisattvas. Oh, right? so, so one of the Amida right so one of the right pure land practices is to bow specifically to Amida. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Um, so worshiping. A lot of people don't like that term worship. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It brings up, up kind of weird, weird notions of what it might be. Um, so I, that's a whole another podcast, I think. But um, but <laughs> just to, to bring up that idea that uh, of the translation of these different terms. Um, now, out of these five, Shandao goes on to pull out one as uh, what's the word he uses? Shoujo Ju. The no, no, um, not Shoujo Ju. Yeah, maybe that is it. Um, the rightly, um, like the, the right practice out of those five is reciting the name. So the really right practice. Yeah, let's call it that for now. <laughs> um, so that we have these five. You should uh, worship or bow to Amida. You should recite the Pure Land Sutras. Uh, you should visualize Amida in the Pure Land. You should recite Amida's name. Uh, and should praise Amida as opposed to uh, worshiping other Buddhas, saying other Buddhas mantras, visualizing other Buddhas, that kind of thing. So already he's selecting the, the Pure Land uh, cosmology and, and um, as a center of worship. And then on top of that, out of those five, recitation of the name is held out as most important. Right. Yeah. Now some people will argue that he didn't mean that you're supposed to get rid of all the others. That that's a misinterpretation by later people, by Honen and Shinran. Um, but he right. does talk about, Shandao is ambiguous about um, which is better. Is one better than the others? Is one exclusive to the others? Um, I think in Shandao's case, it wasn't an issue of exclusivity, that you would still uh, uh, visualize and, and recite sutras, and those were important practices in their own right. Yeah, sure. And again, this kind of probably comes back to issues of translation, too. Not necessarily. Well, I mean, um, just knowing how difficult it can be to fully accurately translate classical Chinese into English. Right, but but Honen's translating differently, too. I mean, Honen's reading the Chinese mm, okay, differently, okay, right, and right, Shan, right. Uh, Shinran's reading the Chinese in such a way that, for Honen, uh, very much reads it, uh, reciting the name is the, the most important one. But even there, Honen's disciples re- interpret that differently, where certain branches of Jodo Shu... Uh, all five of those are important. And they're, mm. yeah, maybe reciting the name is the best, but you do those other ones as well. Whereas in uh, other uh, disciples, including Shinran, reciting the name is the one. And that's the only practice that's um, imp- not important, but the only practice that um, maybe that should really be focused works. on. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So do we want to then address the issue of what it means to recite the name of the Buddha? Yeah, we could do that. Um, so, well, before, before we get to that, it, maybe we should point out that 
One of the interesting things about this list is that in Jodo Shinshu, we still bow, uh, we still recite the sutras, uh, and we still praise Amida, the Sandang, the, the number five, uh, and of course recite the name, uh, but visualization gets left out. <laughs> so, and. Yeah, why is that? Yeah, it's really interesting because. <laughs> It's an issue of interpretation again, where mm-hmm. uh, we still recite the sutras, but it's interpreted differently. I think in some traditions, it's understood that reciting the sutras is powerful. It generates merit, right? It 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 um, could potentially can change things, right? Right. Change the world, uh, change yourself, uh, and Shinran, in one of the letters um, from uh, his wife. Eshinni, she writes about how Shinran got sick and was chanting the sutras, reciting, trying to recite the three sutras a thousand times or something, and then halfway through said, oh, this isn't right, and made, had a realization that he wasn't supposed to be reciting the sutras as a practice with a definite goal, mm-hmm. and that reciting the name was the important thing, and that attaining Shinjin was the important thing. And so he kind of rejected sutra recitation as a separate practice that might have results because your intention in, pra- in reciting sutras is very important. Um, that's kind of a, that's kind of the central, the crux of the issue, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, we get right down to it, and in particularly Shinshu doctrine and practice, there's that issue of not only what is practice, but why are you practicing, and mm-hmm. even you know the larger sort of you know even more vague issue of are you even practicing to begin with? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But and can you generate the the right intention behind yeah, the yeah. actions, yeah. Um, and but we still bow. We still, we still recite sutras yeah, and Jodo yeah, Shinshu. Yeah. So um, <laughs> um, it has been. There is an interpretation, I think, behind it that we're praising when we recite the sutras. That we're praising the Buddha as one. Another is that we're reciting the sutras out of gratitude, and that that's we'll get into that a little more. I think with the Nembutsu. Um, so so bowing. Uh, reciting sutras, praising the Buddha, are still found in Jodo Shinshu. But visualization isn't. It's really interesting. Because I think visualization is a huge part of Mahayana Buddhism yeah. and Tantric Buddhism. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? It's, yeah, it's huge. And for some reason, it gets left out in um, Shinshu. Uh, maybe because of the difficulty that people weren't uh, Shinshu being uh, with Shinran and um, preaching to kind of regular people and um, farmers and... Right, uh, uneducated right. people, uh, and even educated people wouldn't necessarily be visualizing. That's a very, very intense practice that yeah, we need to yeah. be in certain circumstances, retreat kind of circumstances. And it takes time. It takes a lot of time mm-hmm. and effort. And yeah, I think you're right that you know if you're preaching to you know ordinary folks who are spending most of their time in the field, mm-hmm. you don't really have the time or the energy or the resources to sit down and go through that complicated visualization ritual that's you know spelled out in lengthy detail in the the visualization sutra. So yeah, I yeah. mean, so Shandao talks about it a lot. Yeah, it seems like yeah. Shandao it was a normal thing. By the time Shinran's communities, I don't think my impression, and this is just a guess because it's really not mentioned, is that visualization as a separate practice just wasn't really happening. So it almost wasn't an issue, maybe. Hmm. I, I don't want to say you know yeah, it's touchy I, to say that, but for maybe some I reason, yeah, I was going to speculate. Maybe it had something to do with the way that practice gets uh, sort of classified or whatnot within the Tendai Monastery complex where Shin, Shinran and Honen mm-hmm. are coming from. Like 
you know, that, that, that structure of the monastery is that there's monks who are doing very specific practices and other monks who are doing different practices. So maybe it was just an issue of like, oh, well, I don't do visualization. Those other guys do visualization. Right, 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 right. Maybe. Yeah. Totally speculating here. I might yeah, be, this, this is yeah. a huge... Who knows? <laughs> visual, we probably shouldn't dwell on visualization so much because there's so much that we don't know. It's not written about specifically in Shinran's works, even when it is specific in some of the Honen stuff, like the Sammai Hotoki uh, that Mark Blum has written about um, in the um, one of the tribute volumes to um, Gajin Nagao. Um, if you will give you the... the um, the uh, reference for that, but um, even there, it's not clear what Honen was doing. Yeah. So, so um, we may, that's that. Maybe we can talk about that some other time. This issue of visualization, but but there is maybe this points to the fact that there is a lot of interpretation going on. Mm, definitely, uh, definitely. Shinran is not writing about certain things. One of the things that blows me away is that the only reference to sutra chanting in a more anecdotal sense that I found is that letter from Eshinni. Shinran writes about it a lot in Kyogyo Shinsho, but he's quoting from different sources. He, there's no letter when he says, we sat down today and we chanted the larger sutra, and then we did this, and then we did that. You don't find those uh, references to kind of everyday practice. So I believe we don't even really know if he was chanting or not. I think he you was. even personally. chanting the name? No, I'm sure he was reciting the name, but chanting sutras. Right, right. We don't know. I assume I assume that he was, but we don't have any actual written evidence except for that letter from Machine. Right, 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 in which he rejects it. Right. <laughs> so, so there, it's just kind of like wow. So we have to be really careful uh, looking at some of these these ideas of practice. But uh, in in modern Shinju, of course, we chant right a lot, a lot. Um, yeah, a lot more in Japan than here. Um, they chant Shoshinge regularly at Honzan and at local temples, and uh, um, the the chants that they do, I think, are generally longer for services. But yeah. Hmm. Well, should we move on to Nembutsu, the uh, the recitation of the name? Yeah. That that one that's held up as that seems the I don't know important. a little bit important. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Pure Land Buddhism, a lot of ways, uh, seems to focus on this recitation of the name. Yeah. Um, there's other versions where maybe visualization is more important, um, but but this uh, Honen stream of of, of uh, Pure Land Buddhism certainly is focused on reciting the name. So, uh, chapter two of the Kyogyo Shinsho, um, revealing the true practice of the Pure Land Way. Uh, here's what Shinran says: The great practice is to say the name of the Tathagata of unhindered light. Or we could. Um, Simplify it a little. The great practice is to say uh, Amida's name, recite Amida's name. Well, there you go. The problem that, is that answers the question. Yep. <laughs> so next week, yeah. the problem is there's a lot of problems. Uh, say, recite, intone, what's, pronounce. What's the original? Uh, I think it's the show, which could have all those meanings. Right. 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 And so that's another thing where like the. The Chinese character could be interpreted in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, another question is, well, who says the name? And the, some right, scholars he's point... Right, he's not saying that... He's, he's just saying that the great practice is saying the name, but he's mm-hmm. not saying your great practice or my great practice. Right. right? And that to character great may be pointing to the fact that this may be beyond us. Uh, one of the... Uh, let's see... He always has a vow at the beginning of each chapter, mm-hmm. or, or, or vows, 
of each chapter of the Kyogyo Shinsho. And the one for the practice one is to vow that all the Buddhas say the name. Right, right. So um, I think a very important interpretation is that this great practice is referring to the, the Buddhas saying the name, not necessarily us saying the name. Um, so that this is where, right, it gets, I mean, you could interpret this as, okay, so our practice is to say the name. Yeah. End of the day. There we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but? But, let's see, in Tanisho, and maybe we talked about this one at some point. We mentioned um, it in the heresy episode, but uh, yeah, in a see. much different context. Because the Tanisho tries to clarify that, does it? Yeah, well, here it is, chapter 8 in the Tanisho. The Nembutsu, for its practicers, is not a practice or a good act. Ah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> the Nembutsu, for its practicers, is not a practice or a good act. Since it is not performed out of one's own designs, it is not a practice. Since it is not good done through one's own calculation, it is not a good act. Because it arises wholly from other power and is free of self-power, for the practicer, it is not a practice or a good act. What the hell does that mean? Wow. <laughs> so this is the central issue, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like 750 years of people trying to figure out what that means. Mm-hmm. Seems to me. <laughs> so it's talking about other power nembutsu, other power shinjin, I think. And that um, uh, another, another way, this, this idea that the Buddhas are saying the name, all the Buddhas say the name, they're praising Amida, reciting his name. Uh, is that the name then is resounding throughout the universe in some synesthetic spiritual way. Ooh. It's not like an actual sound wave, I don't think. It's maybe something beyond that. Um, and then the idea of hearing the name becomes important in Jodo Shinshu. So sometimes, instead of, if you're asked, you know, what is your practice as Jodo Shinshu, instead of saying, oh, I recite Amida's name, another answer would be, I listen to the name. Hmm. I listen to the Dharma. Mommyo would be listening to the name, hearing the name. And that instead of it being centered on me and my practice, it's centered on whatever that whatever it means to hear the name. <laughs> and that comes from one of the um, fulfillment passages in the uh-huh. larger sutra. Right, right, right. If people hear this name, um, let's see. Um, all sentient beings, as they hear the name, Realizing even one thought moment of Shinjin and joy, which is directed to them from Amida's sincere mind and aspiring to be born in that land, they then attain birth and dwell in the stage of non-retrogression. So that's coming that's from one the of larger the, sutra. One of the vows, right? Um, no, it's a fulfillment of the vow. Hmm. So the vow itself says talks about reciting the name, but uh, the fulfillment passage talks about hearing the name. So here, this is yeah, really that's so interesting. interesting. Huh? Yeah, that's so weird because I feel like so much of Pure Land practice is based on this, you know, looking at the vows of Dharmakara and, and looking at the vows of Amida and saying, okay, here's what you're supposed to do. Amida's made this Pure Land, do these things, you'll be born there. But then the, the Shinran goes back to this fulfillment part and says, aha, you don't do anything. You just listen. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, what is hearing the name? What could that possibly be? Right? Because again, I don't think it's a like if you could record yourself saying the name and then play it back. Oh, I'm hearing it. Right? <laughs> it's not like a. The, it's not like our, our physical world, the auditory organ hearing some um, sound vibrations in the air. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. So I think that these passages 
um, that idea of the great practice to being to say the name, but then with the corollary of like the Tani Show, where he says, uh, for 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 uh, uh, Nembutsu practicers, saying the name is not a practice because it comes from somewhere else. It's not. If it was up to my motivation, then it'd be in trouble, right? Because my motivation for reciting well, the name be, with pure mind would be impure. It wouldn't be great practice. Right, 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 right. It would be small practice. Right. right. Oh. I think that's part of the issue too, right? Is that he's mm-hmm. saying that the great practice is saying the name, but because as limited, foolish, sentient beings, we don't have pure mind, we can't do great practice. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this gets to that once calling, many calling that we talked about um, a couple of weeks ago with the, um, do you say the name as many times as possible? Or do you say it once with the right frame of mind? Right. Um, so Shinran there says, it would seem like, well, um, then I'm not supposed to say the name because it's not my practice. But people were saying the name. <laughs> That's the point, I think. Or one of the issues is that Shinran never said, don't say the name. Right. And that he was in this context of people reciting Namo Amida Butsu, Namo Amida Butsu, of reciting uh, the name. And within that context of lots of people reciting it, he's reinterpreting it. Hmm. Never negating it. Um, so we still recite the name, but uh, from the um, uh, Anjin Nondai and uh, later interpretations, this idea of um, Shinjin Shoin, that Shinjin is the, the cause of birth in the Pure Land, that Shinjin granted from other power, from Amida. And then Shomyo uh, Ho'on, that reciting the name is said in gratitude. So we still recite the name, but it's in gratitude for having been embraced by the Buddha. And then I think that similarly, reciting the sutras gets interpreted that way too, that we recite the sutras in gratitude. We bow in gratitude uh, to Amida for embracing us, for making our birth in the pure land and our Buddhahood possible. Hmm. But nobody says we visualize in gratitude. <laughs> I've never heard that. So Maybe we should start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one way, I think, to reincorporate meditation, to meditate in gratitude maybe. Hmm. Um, gratitude, mindfulness meditation, or gratitude visualization. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, it seems like what you were saying just now, I, I was thinking, you know, it's not so much that we don't do practice or that we're not supposed to do practice or that you're not, you know, you can't practice. It's just that I think it almost sounds like Shinran saying you need to understand what practice means and your relationship to the Buddhas and understand that, you know, you can chant all you want, you can recite the sutras, you can bow, you can do all these things all you want, fine. But it's not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? That like, that's not the cause of birth. That's not the, the, the cause of awakening, right? Because of a deeper ontological or existential issue in the nature of human beings, which mm-hmm. we could also talk about. But it just seems like what he's really just trying to reinforce is this idea that you know, I can't practice because I don't exist is one way I think about it, mm-hmm. right? Part of that whole non-duality aspect of Buddhism or the whole no-self aspect of Buddhism. Like, how can I have great practice if, you know, there is no I? Mm-hmm. And the more I cling to that notion of self, the more I cling to this is my practice, this is what I'm doing, the farther away I am from realizing that, uh, undoing that. Mm-hmm. I'm not making any sense, am I? No, it, it makes sense. Um <laughs> And I re- and I recognize that what I'm doing here is an interpretation of Shinran's teachings, but I also think that sort of interpreting this stuff anew is always really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we need 
modern interpretations to help this stuff mm-hmm. translate and make sense in a, in a different context. Right, right, right. So even if I'm being heretical, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, so then... Speaking of interpretations. Well, thinking of, of different ideas of practice, though, because we've looked at the um, very specific discourse of practice that's found within the texts and found you know, within the tradition. But there are other, like from a more maybe anthropological or sociological point of view, mm. and the idea of practice as not like religious practice that they're talking about, but just practices, like things that people do. Right. I was going to say that that's the other issue here is that we can talk about this sort of doctrinal philosophical stuff, but it doesn't change the fact that regardless of what the orthodoxy is, people are still doing things. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, people are still chanting sutras. We could debate about what it means to chant sutras, but people are still chanting sutras. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And and there's uh, going to church is a practice. Going to temple is a practice. Uh, Going Dharma bowling. Yeah. (laughs) He really wants to talk about bowling. (laughs) Well, um, offering incense. Right. Um, I mean, there's still, I think, things that we could see within a religious context and things that exist in other parts of the Buddhist tradition. Um, Even like having flowers on the um, Nijin, I think, is a practice, cultural practice. Mm. Um, uh, But then... Uh, there's, there's, uh, D.T. Suzuki did a translation of Kyogyo Shinsho, and uh, it came out after he died. Like he, he, I don't think he actually, he didn't complete it, because uh, books five and six are not uh, included in the translation. Uh, but from what I understand, uh, he, you know, it was, there was editing done after he passed away. Hmm. And he uh, chooses a lot, of, here again, translation is huge. Um, like for example, vow, that to me has just become kind of the norm. Uh, he he uses the word uh, promise in here. Huh. Uh, so, uh, or prayer, I'm sorry. Here it's prayer. Huh. So I don't know if he really chose that or if later editors chose that or right. any of these words. Right. But we still look to it as the so, DT Suzuki translation. So he's saying so. The, the prayer of Amida, not the vow of Amida? Right, huh. right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, wish could be another one. Uh, Promise could be another one, but here they're using prayer, which is really problematic because prayer, again, is yeah. a problematic word in, <laughs> in, um, in Jodo Shinshu. But anyway, um, so his translation of the um, second chapter, uh, he says the prayer in which all Buddhas pronounce the name of Amida in brackets. So pronounce the name instead of say the name. Right. So again, there's you know a different u- different word they're using. It makes me feel like you have to say it not not only you have to say the name, but you have to say it the right way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, so here, so here's the the translation. You know, I said it was the practice, right? The chapter on the the um, true practice, but he, here uh, Suzuki has the true living of mm. the pure land. Interesting. I think yeah. this is really interesting. I kind of like that. Yeah. So, so um, here's the translation of that sentence that we read before. The great living is to pronounce the name of the nyorai of unimpeded light. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> nyorai is the Japanese pronunciation of the Chinese tran- uh, translation of Tathagata. So, again, maybe we could say the great living is to pronounce Amida's name. Right. Um, I, I, there's a lot of interesting choices, word choices, and it's deeply <laughs> problematic on a lot of levels, but I like the idea of living mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in a Shinshu context. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, re- I mean, 
I really do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've struggled with the idea of what Shinshu practice is and, and, and several times in the, in the, the years that I've been studying this stuff, I come back to that idea of Shinshu is about living in the world. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, how you do that is problematic and what that means is problematic. But, you know, it seems to me like Shinshu was very much engaged with living your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not like going off to a monastery or going off and, and practicing someplace separate from the world of marriage and family and kids and a job and trees falling on your houses and... <laughs> Other things we have to deal with. So mm-hmm. I, I like that choice of word of of of, of living. It's problematic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, but it's um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So that I say this sometimes. You know that um, the practice in Jodo Shinju is to live your life. Is to live with the understanding that within that life we're reflecting on ourselves. We're reflecting on our actions. Reflecting on our thoughts. Uh, Reciting the name, right? It is also within this context of reciting the name. That's a, I'm, if we were to look to the future, um, I wonder where Buddha name recitation, Namo Amida Butsu, will be 50 years from now, 100 years from now. It's dying out in Japan even. Mm. Um, and uh, it's supposed to be spontaneous, I think, but often here in the States, it's, it's, it's kind of restricted to repeating after the minister. Right? Someone else says it, so then you know, oh, it's time, time for me to say it. Whereas I think uh, traditionally it's been more just people just say it. Yeah. Whenever well, we it, are it in the, you know, the, the decline of the Dharma age. Yeah, but we have been <laughs> since his time too. So <laughs> It's only a matter of time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, reciting the name, reflecting on your life, living your life uh, would to me be... Uh, Understanding it more as, as so. So instead of saying "What's your practice?" Oh, reciting the name of the Buddha, right? That's pro- I think that's problematic in Jodo Shinshu because of the stuff that we've been looking at. Yeah, that the, yeah. the, the, the Nembutsu isn't a practice because it's not my practice. It's Amida's practice. It's the practice of all the Buddhas. Um, so then instead, this idea that living this clue given to us by D.T. Suzuki, I think, of that, all unlikely places. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean. Um, I think we could tear that apart a little bit because then it becomes the great living is right, right. to say the name. But if you just look at the title, it, it, right, that this is a chapter on true living, right, and that, that living becomes the, the true practice. Yeah. Hmm. So today we've kind of hinted back maybe to what we talked about before of what uh, a solo Buddhist could do uh, maybe this could be put it back together with that earlier podcast of yeah, of you yeah. know looking at the the, the specific uh, uh, discourse of practice in the tradition and uh, the recitation of the name, but then also then seeing well then okay if, if reciting the name isn't our practice then what is our practice uh, and so right and but also to sort of reflect on again like we were saying Shinran and and the other. Shinshu folks and Pure Line folks never said don't do these things, mm-hmm. right? They never said don't chant the name, don't recite sutras, don't do whatever. Um, but to sort of place those practices in a Shin context mm-hmm. and understand the larger, I think, sort of deeper existential issues going on in our lives and what practice means and then go ahead and keep chanting the name. Mm-hmm. I do. What the hell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
but you know, as you were saying, living your life and reflecting on your life and as part of it too. Mm-hmm. So uh, today we uh, tried to address a listener question uh, and uh, looked at this this um, discourse of practice, maybe within the tradition, within the Shinshu tradition. Uh, I don't know if we're going to go on to the <laughs> other ideas of practice. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. <laughs> we'll just have to tune in and see. Thank you.